little middle of the week show for you guys. I hope everybody's having a lovely start to your Wednesday. Um, it is Wednesday here in Chicago, and it's Wednesday everywhere. Um, so I hope everybody's having a good day. Um, we're here to talk a little hockey. Um, we're here to, we were going to have a few guests on today, but we had to move things around here today. So um, we're going to, small night around the NHL, only two games. Um, so we uh, will... We'll, we'll touch base on those. We'll touch base on the ones last night. The games last night were very good. Um, anything you got to report, Raven? Uh, we got a little F1 news that just kind of came out, but I'm going to tease it and wait till talk about it because we've been waiting to talk about it for three weeks now. Was that your tease for it? That was my tease, yes. Just saying that there was F1 news? Mm-hmm. All right. We're, we're off to a hot start here. Um, yeah, a lot of exciting hockey last night. I don't know if the 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 play of the night, the the event of the evening was Sheldon Keefe getting tossed from the Maple Leafs 6-2 loss last night to the Vegas Gold Knights, the uh, winning streak busting game for the Leafs. They were at seven in a row, couldn't keep it at eight. The Golden Knights were really good. Um, a lot of good depth scoring around. Jonathan March, so is continuing to prove himself to be one of the, I mean, he's the playoff MVP, so I don't know if you can necessarily call him underrated at this point, but um He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He uh, could definitely get paid somewhere else if he wanted to. I, I wouldn't believe he would want to leave Vegas, um, but so I wouldn't mind throwing $7 million at Jonathan March for even five or six years at this point. The way the way it looks like this guy continues to score and get better um, as time goes on, kind of that Zach Hyman curve of just continuously getting better each and every year. Um yeah, so Vegas wins. Sheldon Keefe gets ejected. That was um, something interesting, just blistering red hot at the referees. And uh, you don't necessarily see that a lot. You do see some barking back and forth in hockey between the, the coaches and the referees. But uh, normally it does not lead to an escalation. I feel like that's more of a basketball thing for sure. Um, but it, it was definitely a sight to see. I don't know where that uh, leaves things um on the Maple Leaf side, I think you just kind of got to brush this one under the rug and um, not really think about it too much after last night and this morning maybe a little bit and move on with your day. And for Vegas, that was a good win. You are down a few players still. Um, your, your depth is really showing up. You have guys like Byron Frage in the lineup right now called up for him, Henderson. And it's uh, really – they're really been crawling, cr- scratching and for depth in Vegas. So uh, big win for them. And just a really interesting, what do you make of a coach ejection, Raven? Like I, I just, I, I don't see it in hockey very often. Um, and it was very like, you know, he was giving it to the refs, like just absolutely giving it to them for a long time. And they warmed him and then they booted him. So I usually feel like there's one of two reasons for, a coach to leave and that's either to kind of like stick up to his players and kind of get the bench the guys pumped up again or because he just really disagrees with a bad call and I didn't get to see the the play but you can tell me which one you think it would be yeah I don't I don't know what the call was I think it was just like a night of uh, you know, a, a few missed crappy, calls. Yeah, crappy calls overall. Yeah, and the penalties were a bit skewed. Not saying that every um, 
not every game should have even penalties on both sides, right? Like, that's just not the way life is. That's not the way a hockey game goes. Like, one team generally always commits a an amount of penalties more than another team. It's rarely even. It should, But it always ends up being even more often than not. Um, there are a lot of makeup calls in hockey. Like, that is definitely a thing in the sport. Um, I don't like it. It uh, makes the game feel like it's not really judged at a standard. It makes it just seem like it's arbitrary and whatever is in your heart in that moment. And hockey is that kind of game. I definitely understand that, um, especially come playoff time. Like some things that are penalties in October are not penalties in April. So that that's definitely understood. But it, it um, yeah, I don't know to get to get that boiled over over something like that. Even well, there was a funny um, image of William Nylander going around just like you know trying to tell his coach to like relax a little bit and take it easy and that everything's going to be okay. And, um, yeah, I don't know exactly what was said there, but it was probably something along those lines, I think. And, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of one of the stories of the night. The other one was, um, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins getting a four, three win in overtime over Vancouver, avenging a four, three loss earlier in the season to the Canucks. And, um, yeah, that was just a really good game. Um, Tristan Jari was really good for the Penguins. Penguins, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we've talked about Sidney Crosby too much probably, but um, Eric Carlson gets the overtime winner. He was pretty happy about that, um, and, and that's a big win for Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I don't take this loss for too much if I'm Vancouver. Um, that was a really determined Penguins team. They were really, I mean, that game could have set them back close to 11 points in the standings out of the playoffs, um, so I didn't really think that that was going to happen with them. So uh, nice to see them get a win. And if you're the Canucks, I mean, everything that should be going has been going now again. So, you know, you have your you have your depth going again. Guys like Mikheyev, if he can get on the board more, that's good for you. Um, Hoaglander's been scoring a lot too. But, um, you know, the, the pens are like, the, the two passes from Sid were uh, very nice on the Ricard Raquel goals and, it's just hopefully going to come together soon for Pittsburgh. I would I would like it to um, personally as a just a hockey person. I think it's better for hockey when some teams are in the mix and um, the Penguins are in that. Normally, it's the original six teams that like are real like when the Hawks are in the mix, when the Red Wings, the Leafs, like the Rangers, like that. That's great for the business of hockey. It's good for the culture. It's good for the promotion on larger sports platforms. So. Um, yeah, but it's good for hockey when the Penguins are good. So they pick up the four, three overtime win. Um, there were a few good games last night, a few, a few not so good games, but, uh, Jets doubling up the blues four to two was a really good one. I don't know that there's been a better trade deadline fit so far, um, or just in season addition than Sean Monahan, um, really fitting in nicely now with Winnipeg. I, I had doubts personally about how that was going to mesh, um, I thought it might be a bit of an awkward fit when I first heard about the trade, but it seems to have been pretty seamless so far. Um, and if he can stabilize that that second line for them, or you know, even if Adam Lowry ends up playing on the second line and Sean Monahan's on the third line, um, but it doesn't even look like that's going to be the case right now. I'm just saying you could do that. Um, 
yeah, I mean, that's just better depth for Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, if, if their goaltending is continuing to be this good, then that, that that's going to be a key to victory for Winnipeg. Um, you know, when we talk about some of these teams, I, I personally believe that, like, a lot of teams still have some holes that they want to fix. And if you are able to patch them before the deadline, you might give yourself a better chance. If you don't, then you're kind of rolling the dice when playoff time rolls around. So um, a team like Winnipeg doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of holes right now. Um, there might be something they want to do on the back end, but I also really think that they have a lot of belief in that that defense core. Um, so I, I wouldn't even paint them as a team that might look to do something. I think the Sean Monahan move was their move and you know, you don't really have to give up. I know they gave up a first-round pick for him, but um, if if that goes by as being the only move you make and you can have a really good, successful run, like, that's a good price to pay. So um, St. Louis has just been inconsistent. I don't, like, they might be the, they're good when they're good, and when they're not, they're not. And it's uh, kind of that, that middle range where, um, you know, you might be better suited, like, picking up with a top five pick, but um, they're, they're too good to do something like that. They have, like, Robert Thomas has been really good. Pavel Buchnevich has been really good. I would look to keep him if I were the Blues. I've seen his name a lot around and heard his name a lot around, and um, I, yeah, you could get a lot for him. Um, if I were the Blues, I would try and move off maybe a contract if I were moving a piece like Buchnevich too, like a different contract um, that maybe they don't want to keep on the books and try and bring in some more exciting youth because a lot of these players, a lot of these Jordan Kairos and Robert Thomases are still on a younger winning curve than some of the other players even that they've had. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be uh, an interesting time in St. Louis. It'll either be them or Nashville in the playoffs. And the Nashville Predators get a big win for one over the Senators. And I, I just really believe that um you know we talked about the Sens just kind of knowing what they are and if Nashville continues to play like this um they're gonna find their way into the playoffs because you know there's a, there's a lot of UC Soros talk and I, I've talked a little bit about it on it here but um if they can really string together wins like this is a team that I wouldn't want to necessarily play in the first round either if I face them as a division winner in the West. So um, that, that could be a tough matchup. I, I could see Nashville giving a team, even like Colorado, some, some fits and struggles in a first round playoff series. So just something to think about going forward. Um, Philip Forsberg is really good. Ryan O'Reilly's fit in really nice there too. So a um, lot to like about what's going on there. Uh, what else do we have on tap last night? Only two tonight. We will see those blues take on the Edmonton Oilers again. And that will be a good one. We'll see if Zach Hyman can maybe even hit 40 goals tonight. Um, seems like it. He just puts the puck in the net at every given opportunity. Um, don't know that there is a harder worker um, in the NHL than Zach Hyman. It just seems like that's his thing. It's just being one of the hardest workers. Like we know, we know the elite guys have that innate, like, hey, I'm just going to be on the ice longer than you and train harder than you and, but as far as just working with what you got and making the best of it and really working harder to become a better hockey player and 
you know, being better at your craft. Um, Zach Hyman is a good illustrator of that. So, um, and we also might see uh, Matthew Rempe or versus Matthew Olivier uh, round two. So, um, Blue Jackets will take on the Rangers at MSG tonight. You saw Matt Rempe's face of practice yesterday, Raven? Oh, man. It, it was rough. Yeah, he passed concussion protocol. Um, he looked a little wobbly getting off the ice um, at one point in the Blue Jackets game, but uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, the, you, you, I, I love the energy. I love the passion. You can't fight every game. He's going to be expected to fight tonight. I'm almost assured of that if he plays. I, I don't, I don't know how. Uh, like in Madison Square Garden, like Matthew Olivier is going to want to fight him again. Like I, I just, I know it. Don't you think? Yeah. Like, I feel like he, he's gotten in so many fights so far that this is kind of the path that it's leading to until he gets hurt. We're at three and four games. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Three and four games. It could be four and five tonight. It could be five and six if he fights Ryan Reeves on Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which... Oh boy, might be might be fight of the season if we can uh if we could have the pleasure of witnessing that on a Saturday night of hockey. That's a 13 game slate on Saturday. Just what I mean, I I don't know that it could get much better than that. That that might that would probably be the heavyweight tilt of the season. Although, um not to discredit any Matt Rempe's previous um opponents because Nick Delorier and Matthew Olivier are not uh jokes. So those guys are real, real heavyweights in the National Hockey League. So, um, but but Revo is the he's the heavyweight champion still. I I, I would assume. Um, I know he's a bit older. He doesn't fight as much. Um, I think he might only have two fights on the season. I want to say maybe three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I still think he's looked at around the league as being that guy. Um, I also see a lot of games where nobody really wants to give Ryan Reeves a fight. Like they don't like a lot of a lot of people he asks don't really oblige. And um, I don't know if that's a he's asking the wrong person or he, um, the, you know, nobody just wants to fight him. I don't know. So, um, yeah, that would be a really good one if we could get that on Saturday. But tonight, uh, Rangers Blues, uh, uh, Rangers Blues, uh, Rangers Blue Jackets, Blues Oilers. And, um, yeah, they're, they're both going to be good games. Nice to have a quiet night around the league. After 12 games last night, 12 games tomorrow, and 13 on Saturday, that's a, that's a heavy week of hockey. It's a lot of hockey. It's a, it's a good good stretch. Like, these are all good games. They're all really important games. The matchups have been good, and I feel like the, the matchups have kind of um, been, like, I, obviously the schedule makers didn't have anything to do with this, but... A lot of these games feel important. So normally when this could be a time that it, there's a lull in the NHL season, it just feels like the intensity hasn't really dropped a whole heck of a lot. So um, that that is nice as a person watching it that um, they care, right? So um, really good to see. Uh, I wanted to do a little PWHL talk here because we did get an announcement yesterday that... Uh, just some information on the 2024 draft and how that's going to work for them. Um, 
The draft will begin on March 1st. Oh, no. Okay. So the league announced the timeline for players to declare for the draft will begin on March 1st. Online registration will be available through May 8th, 2024. Interesting. Players that are interested in participating in the 2024-25 season must declare in order to be eligible for the draft or free agency. Okay. So it looks like they're going to do seven rounds, 42 picks total. The draft will not be a snake draft like the one that they did in the player dispersal draft. Um, it's the same order as the previous round, like a traditional entry draft goes. Um They are allowed to trade draft picks. I'm just, I'm, I'm just gathering a lot of information here. Um, yeah, I, I personally, you want my take, Raven? Yeah. It's uh, seven rounds too much. Yeah. Seven rounds too For much. For this little amount of teams, that's like essentially replacing. You better be expanding to, to like two more. You better At be adding two teams two more. At like least. by next season, which is going to be so difficult, honestly. I don't, I don't know how you really believe that. I think one would be great. I, I think they have to add one before next season starts. You put it in Pittsburgh. I would have argued to put it here in Chicago. Neither here nor there. I don't work for the PWHL. Um, yeah, I, I really believe that um, you, you got to add another team. You know, that w A lot of these players are not going to retire. It kind of this is one of the the maybe frustrating parts for me about this league um, that I, I don't really understand. I don't really get this part of it. Um, th there are a lot of jobs that have been lost in this whole thing. I love the hockey. This is nothing that um, I have to say about uh, anything else, but just there's a lot of really good hockey players on the outside looking in of this league that should be involved, should be playing at this level. Um, and there's only going to be more players that want to join, too. I, I don't doubt that there are 42 picks worth of players that are good enough to make this league next year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not saying that seven rounds is too much in that sense. But unless you add another team or two, ideally you would add, add two teams. I think they should add two more teams if you really got it going. But, like, what are we? It's almost March, right? Like... You know, there's a lot to figure out as far as what goes on. And, you know, it, they're doing a shorter season this year. They're going to extend it more next year. And th that's great. And I think the shorter season this year does allow for more time in an off season to sort of recoup, you know, figure out what needs to happen. But, um, you know, there there are a lot of really good hockey players on the outside looking. And when, when the Billie Jean King group bought out the PHF, uh, a lot of like all those girls had their contracts dissolved and a lot of them had leases in those cities that they were living in and um don't they you know a lot of them gave up hockey a lot of them retired um some of them go play overseas now some of them play i don't know how many P phf I, I probably should have this number if i'm talking about this but um i i don't really know i, I know there were a few phf players playing in the pwhl right now um britney howard is one of them I'm pretty sure there's a lot, but um, there are definitely a lot of really good players on the outside looking in, too. So um, if you're going to be adding seven players to each team, you know, I, I, nobody's going to retire either. Like, I, I don't I think we might get maybe a couple retirements, but I don't think anybody's really going to 
want to just play one year in the PWHL. It's been great so far. Why would you not want to play another season or two, right? I mean, am, am I like at a, am I out of whack here, Raven? No, I think you're speaking to the choir where it's like these this league just started and a lot of these players aren't towards the end of their career. So why would you want to A, try to replace them or B, put them in a situation that kind of forces them to make that decision, you know? No, I, I agree. I agree. I think, I mean, give me like five rounds. I think five is good. You know, five five is like, I think three is too little. That's not basketball. Um, you, you can't really do, basketball's two. Um, but you can't really do three. You know, it would be cool if you, like, everybody had to draft, like, a forward, a defense, and a goalie, right? Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Um, but, you know, I, I understand maybe wanting to add, an, like, a, another forward or two or we're wanting to change that up. So so I get that. So give me five. Give me five picks. Um, and I'm not trying to nitpick at everything the PWHL does. I'm, I'm just – I'm really passionate about the fact that they – like, there, there's talks about expanding. We're going to get the um, – the games and other markets soon. Um, I forgot the dates of those, but those those should be coming up pretty soon. And um, yeah, I mean, if if we're really talking expansion here, like let's see it and uh, let's get some more jobs going for some of these girls too that that aren't getting the chance to play in the league as well. Because yeah, no, like I, I really will continue to enjoy watching the hockey that it is and it's very good. And um, but. You know, let, let, let's grow it a little bit. Let's, you know, be inclusive and let, let's practice what we're preaching here a little bit. And, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my stance on that. Um, but as far as the action goes, uh, Toronto's really good. Like, they, they've they've won six games in a row, seven games in a row. Unreal. Uh, Sarah Nurse scored twice yesterday. She seems to be uh, turning it on as of lately. Um and it's just, it's good to see that they're doing well, too. So um, they beat Minnesota 4-3 in overtime yesterday, who's also a very good club. So um, it's it, the, the race is interesting in the PWHL. The, the hockey, like I said, there's nothing to complain about on the hockey front. It's just, and I'm not even trying to, like, bash the, the leadership of the, the league at all either because the fact that this is even going on right now and like there were there were talks i don't think it got very far of just like not even playing this season you know like waiting until this coming fall so that everything would be figured out but the players really wanted to play right so th they went ahead with the season and the fact that everything has been put together like it, it is truly remarkable like in the the, the game at scotiabank arena was electric it sounds like we're going to get a game at the bell center uh according to jeff merrick on the weekend sounds like we could get a rematch of some variety at the Bell Center later on in the season, which has a capacity of 21,000. So uh, we could just as easily see the record broken for a fourth time this season. Um, look, I get it's very powerful stuff. It's, uh, you know, great for the game. Women's hockey is the fastest growing sport in the world right now. From my seat, from my vantage point. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where I kind of view things. I... Uh, I, I love the hockey. We're going to get another game tonight. Just want to make sure. Yeah, New York at Ottawa. So that's an important one, too. That's the 5-6. New York's in fifth place right now, and Ottawa's in sixth. But um, we'll, we'll 
we'll have to have some more PWHL reporters on too, just to get their their feelings on this because um, a lot of a lot of NHL people know about this stuff, but they're not as like invested or maybe they, they don't all like know as much about it as far as like people that are really covering the women's game in particular. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get more people on like that too, to really delve into what this could mean. And if we do end up seeing things like expansion on the table, or if they're more just in the air talks for future endeavors. So, uh, but the hockey's been good. No, no complaints there. Can't, can't say anything bad about that. Um, what else, Raven? Anything? We're gonna keep it short here today. We got we got two long episodes for you earlier in the week. We got some uh, guests coming on later in the week, so um, things will be a bit longer going into the week. Plus, we only got two games around the board tonight, and um, not a lot of news going on. I mean, we have the trade deadline cooking, but it's a lot of speculation, and I don't like to do a whole lot of like like. There's just I, I don't know about you, but like I, especially on air and. Um, just in general too. I don't love playing the game of like, you know, yes, it is fun to be like, Oh, what if, what if this guy played here or there? Um, but like, I don't know, like to, to paint guys as going to certain places is, you know, kind of a fool's errand. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know, just like being super speculative is part of me where I'm coming from with this. I I do want to preface is, uh, you know, uh, me talking about it is contributing to the problem, but uh, there, there's a lot about Elias Pettersson out there. There's been a lot of, about Elias Pettersson out there this season. Um, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday about it. And just the understanding of why he wouldn't want to resign there. Like, why is this talk existing currently? And I have no reason to believe that he wouldn't want to resign in Vancouver. There were the reports earlier in the season that about Chicago and you know, a, a lot A lot of it was very clickbaity. A lot of it was very uh, social media clip. Oh, Elias Pettersson on the move. You know, Elias Pettersson wants out of Vancouver. I don't believe that's true. Um, I think Pettersson and Vancouver are a really wonderful fit. Um, you know, the organization is known for its, you know, like they have a Swedish general manager. They have the Sedin twins. They have Marcus Naslin as an alumni, like, like all of these great Swedes that have come in through the Vancouver organization and the Sedins are a part of things now. And, you know, Patrick Alvin is running things. I don't know what his relationship with Elias Pettersson is, but I would assume it's good unless it's not, um, you know, so to like, you know, uh, he's a big name. He's a big score. He scored a hundred points last year. Um, Vancouver's first in the Pacific right now. Like it, it, it's hot button news. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, I just, Raven, I don't love the the clickbait kind of stuff. You know, like, I, so many podcasts were, like, hopping on this. So many different shows. So many different, you know, content creators. All sorts of different people. They were, like, hopping on this Elias Pettersson thing in particular. And maybe this is just a larger conversation about um, what it means for... Um, some of these teams and players that like just had their name out there a lot. Right. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just, it, it bothers me a little bit. So I try not to talk about it and it makes like, you know, I do want to talk about trades and stuff like that. Obviously we, we break trades down as they happen. Um, and, and we talk about like, like, look, I think everybody's of the assumption that Chris Tanev is going to be leaving the Calgary flames and he's still playing hard by the way. Like he, 
in that win over the the Kings last night, like Chris Tanev is still playing hard, like blocking shots, like eating pucks. And, uh, you know, Michael Backlund got his empty netter last night because of Chris Tanev taking one off the body. So, um, but like you, you kind of are of the knowledge that Chris Tanev is going to move on from the Calgary Flames. Same with Noah Hannafin. Um, with Hannafin, I think it's more of like, yeah, he wants to play in America. Right? He wants to play in the United States. And if it's Chris Tanev, I think it's more of just like a, from Calgary's perspective, we can get a first round pick for a guy like this. And he may want to play closer to home in Ottawa or Toronto or name your, you know, Southern Ontario area team, Buffalo, maybe. Um, they could certainly use a player like Chris Tanev, but, um, you know, just, just like things like that. So I just like players maybe that like are definitely not going to get traded, like talking about it, like, or, or just like big name guys, not that like big name guys either should be excluded from trade talk, like everybody's subject to it in sports, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm just like spewing random stuff here, but I, um, I don't love like clickbaity trade talk. Is that weird of me to say? No, I think that's fair. I mean, I'm kind of the same way where it's like, I don't really want to talk about something until it's kind of a done deal. Like, the Killian Mbappe stuff right now, that's kind of one of those things that a lot of people are saying is a done deal, but there's still a lot of things kind of going on. Has there been an official announcement about it? Not for him. It is like very, very heavily believed that he will be going to Real Madrid just because he's been in Barcelona the last few days and they just signed Alfonso Davies, a Canadian center back i believe so that's good for them but was that made official that was made official yesterday that's a big move yeah that that i mean he's been playing for um Bayern munich for seven years almost so but good for him i think it's been a while since a canadian center back Oh yeah! Oh overseas! Oh totally! Um, Good to see the Canada teams getting stronger every year. No, Team Canada soccer. I mean, not to not to do a weird pivot here from uh, clickbait free agency to Canada men's soccer, but uh, you know, you you have Jonathan David, you have like all these guys that are like you know Richie Larea, like or is he American? Um, Sure. I don't know. All these soccer players get me. I'm not a soccer guy, but Team Canada is good. Jonathan Osorio. is Canadian. Yeah. You know, like you got these guys that are, um, that's what I thought. I, um, I had a little brain moment there where I pictured him in a red, white, and blue jersey too. I was like, do I have the wrong player in mind? The The U.S. has done a lot too to like add some of these guys. Um, they have the guy with like, what's his name? Balagun? Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's like his name. Uh, it might be the craziest name in sports. I, I think it has to go... It's like B-A-L-O-G-U-N. Hmm. I'm going through the roster page. Are you looking right. at it? I'm looking at the roster page right now, trying to find it, but you should just look up this guy. Oh, Falarin Balagun is his last name. Or yeah. Falarin Jerry Balagun. His middle name is Jerry. Nice. That's pretty incredible. So he's from New York. From Brooklyn. Ah. Weird pivot. Weird pivot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, soccer's in a good spot right now, too, I will say. Um, all, all all sports are in a good spot right now, I would say. Like, soccer in general is on the up and up. Like, even here in the U.S., like, MLS has gotten a lot bigger. 
Um, I, I, I am still of the, the profound belief that the National Hockey League is ahead of Major League Soccer. Um, there is a lot of discourse that says otherwise in the media and even amongst fans, I guess. But um, I don't believe it. Do you? Do you? I don't believe it. No, I, I, I don't really either. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. So back to my original point of Elias Pettersson and uh, these these trade rumors. It's it's nice in the lead up to trade deadline to like have some stuff to talk about. Right. With all these guys that could be on the move and. You know, but Pedersen still has like team there. He's still under team control. I know he could like take a qualifying offer and leave the team and but it wouldn't get to that point. Um, they they would they would move him. And I know that his trade value diminishes if he signs a one year qualifying offer because then he could just leave that team, obviously, um, at the end of the season. But um, there's a lot of play here. I just like I don't love the the talk like the the team specific like oh he's going to Chicago like I, I you know there are a lot of people here that talk about that and it's not like Chicago would realistically have to give up so much to get Elias Pettersson whether that was via an offer sheet or um, trading for him so um, like that's not just it's not just going to happen Vancouver could win the Stanley Cup this year um, and like they they added Elias Lindholm and. I don't know that that was Pedersen insurance. I think that was um, just adding a really good player for what they hope to be a long playoff run. So um, it's fun to talk about. It is uh, good to like keep an eye on, I guess. But you gotta like try and decipher st- through stuff too. Hockey media is just as susceptible to uh, fake news and all the like clickbait garbage that regular news has been susceptible to. So. Um, that, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, people are always trying to gain an edge, you know, dishonest content creation, Raven. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to keep it short here. I did want to, I did want to throw a quick shout out to the devils who, uh, trounced the sharks yesterday. Just a great game from Timo Meyer, especially who, uh, returned to New Jersey or returned to New Jersey, returned to San Jose, uh, last night. And, um, yeah, he was just flying all over the ice. Like, I, just really noticeable. Um, I think it's hard for him because he was the guy in San Jose with Eric Carlson last year especially. But um, even in previous years, he was there seven seasons. And, um, you know, like, it, it, a lot was placed on his shoulders. And now in New Jersey, kind of, you got Heisher, who was excellent yesterday, four points. You have Jack Hughes, who obviously drives the bus in New Jersey. And... Um, you have Jesper Bratt, too. So if you're Timo Meyer now you're like the fourth offensive option on your club. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, it's just a different role for him. So I think it's been a bit of an adjustment to like find that role, find that spot, and uh, be comfortable in that kind of lineup. And uh, San Jose, that was okay. So a few points from this game, and this is maybe a good game to wrap with, too, because it was a 7-2 trouncing, but... When New Jersey scored to make it, so the Devils are up one, or the Sharks are up 1-0 after the first period, gets to the third period, and it, New Jersey just blows it open. Like, it's 7-1, to one, and David Quinn calls a timeout when New Jersey scores to make it 7-1. And for the first half of the timeout, doesn't say anything. Like, doesn't say a word, like, to his club, just... 
is kind of looking around up and down the bench, doesn't really have a whole lot to say. And, um, yeah, it, uh, it was kind of, he, he spoke a little bit in the, the second half of the timeout. Uh, it didn't look like, a you know, probably words of encouragement, but probably harsh ones. And, um, San Jose ended up scoring the seven, two goal, but, um, it, that was, that was a pretty interesting note there. I just, I, I thought that timeout was at seven to one, you, you take the timeout. Like, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be, but like the goals came in bunches in the third for the devils. Like you could have called it at the four, one goal or the five, one or the six, one goal. And, you know, but by the time Nico, he puts his 20th into the back of the net. It, uh, it was time for a timeout. So, um, and, and it's been a tough season in San Jose. I'm not trying to uh, kick a man while he's down, but watching, I, I watched the game on the the Sharks broadcast, and the Sharks have had like a notoriously great broadcasting crew for a very long time, um, and you could just sense the dejectment from even them of that kind of performance. Um, San Jose hasn't really, they've played a lot better. It was an ugly start to the year, but they've been. A lot better as of lately. They've gotten some wins. They beat the New Jersey Devils uh, six to three earlier in the season. Um, but to hear how just upset they were that that this was the game that they covered was kind of an interesting take too. Because that that's a group that's been together a long time. Like Scott Hannon is uh, one of the guys on the broadcast, and he he's a longtime Shark and. Um, you know, cares about that, that organization a lot. And, uh, yeah, it was hard. It, it, it was a tough pill to, to swallow for the Sharks. It's been a really, really rough go of it in San Jose. So um, that's a team like the Hawks here. But the Hawks have been, like, the vibes here have been so high about Hockey Raven. Like, I, just talking to people and, under like, we're now in the end of February. Like, the, the Hawks are not good. And the vibes could not be higher here for hockey. You know, we had the Chris Chelios thing on Sunday. Um, Connor Bedard obviously is back from injury and continues to just play at an elite level. And I like the team is bad um, around him, but I don't think it really phases anybody. Like they're, they're all the Hawks games are full. Like they they're not struggling to sell tickets right now. That's for sure. Um, but the the vibes, everybody I speak to, everybody I I talk to about hockey and who bring it up or. Um, ask me about the things I do, right? Um, like they, they, like everybody's just super pumped about hockey in the city, which is a good spot to be. Yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah. yeah. I mean, do I, you, do you notice that at all or no? I would say the vibes are much more better for like a team that is being bad, like how the Bears are or how the White Sox are. But I would say. The Blackhawks are by far the fan favorite, and people are still going to games, and people are still going and like watching games out with people. It's not like, but like the Hawks might be the worst of the Chicago sports teams right now, relative to their league, right? Like, they could finish last. They could finish last. I mean, okay, the Bears, the Bears, White Sox, I would say, are Bears are a step ahead of both. But are the White Sox going to finish last this year? They are projected to be like bottom four team, yeah. But like the Hawks are last. I I don't know if they're last. I don't know if they're dead last right now. It might be San Jose. Well, I can tell you they're dead last in power play conversion rate. So they're tied with the Sharks. 
And they have a lower winning percentage. Oof. So the Hawks are dead last in the NHL right now. Yep. But the vibes are great. So they are great. Like I'm, I'm serious. Like I don't think anybody. Like you wouldn't be able to tell that the Hawks are in last place walking around here and hearing people talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. Like I know a lot of people preface it with, like they well, a lot of Blackhawks conversations here are prefaced with, it's been tough, but, and then a positive comes. But mm-hmm. you know, people are like you wouldn't you wouldn't guess that they're. 32 out of 32 in the league, you know, not, not even from looking at the building too. Like, you know, some of the buildings like San Jose is a perfect example. They are arguably one of the most passionate fan bases. They care a lot. Um, when the sharks are really good, the shark tank is one of the most incredible places to probably see a hockey game. I've never had the luxury of seeing one there, but I've, I've watched an incredible amount of playoff games from them there. And, just looks like an unreal environment for hockey and um they they like it's a part of the culture up there in the bay area like they they have done a really good job connecting with the community since the team expanded there so um but when it's not great in san jose like the crowd is thinner right um same goes for some other spots around the league so um but chicago it doesn't like that's not happened maybe that's partly the bedard effect too um like, I, I do think a lot of people go to games just to watch him play. Like, I, I do think that's like, you know, or, or you don't know anything about, about the Hawks, right? Like, you're just, like, going because it's, like, something fun to do, right? Yeah. So, um, interesting stuff. I just, I, I'm so, speaking to Raven off air beforehand, just really excited about the the future of hockey here in the city. Um, it's growing. It's been growing. Um you know, th- this is arguably a top five hockey market in the world right now. You know, tr- outside of Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, New York, right? Like, I think this might be it. I think so. Yeah. I think this might be it. And there's no, th- there's no limit really, like for Chicago. Like, there's a lot happening here. I think the dysfunction of some of the other sports teams, like, and, and I, I don't wish. The dysfunction. I, I want all the Chicago sports teams to do good. I think, honestly, that's better for business for us. If, um, yeah, if if Chicago sports are generally good, I think that does good for what we're doing here at Alethio too. So, um, I, I want to see all the sports here be successful. But um, hockey's going to have like a special place here over the next even five, ten years as things really develop with this player here, Connor Bedard, and um, if if the Pick is high in this upcoming draft if it ends up being number one overall. And that is also a talking point around the city, too. We're we're going to do more Hawks talk on Friday, too. But there, there is certainly talk about Macklin Celebrini also joining Connor Bedard next season and what that could look like. In short, it would look fantastic. I, I just, like, I, I can't imagine what that would... The, the options would be limitless. The... The I mean, you have your next Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze for uh, the next 15 to 20 years or so here in Chicago, if that were to happen. And uh, the team would be a lot better than expected. Um, I've, I've heard some timelines about this team that just, to me, seem... I think this team is going to be more competitive uh, than a lot of people think for a long time. So um, they're going to be a lot... Like, they'll be in a playoff hunt by next season. I'm, mar- I'm marking that now. The Hawks will be... They'll be like the Coyotes this season, where they're in it early and then they have kind of slowly faded as time goes on. The Coyotes now are 
oh boy, like probably like 10 points out of it now, more or less. Um, so uh, things are very exciting here for hockey in Chicago, um, just even at the local level too. You know, we're going we're gonna to do some stuff eventually with like college hockey here, um, connecting with some of the, the college hockey scenes in Chicago. It's a lot of club hockey, but club hockey is college hockey. Um, you know, we, we have the minor league here team with the minor league team here. So Chicago wolves, like they're, they're a part of the fabric, a lot of, a lot of youth hockey, a lot of really competitive hockey. That is, um, just, you know, it, it, it's a part of the fabric here. Like there's not a lot of places that you could start a, you know, like a, like a meme account for the Chicago Blackhawks and just like, have it be super popular, you know, like that, that you can't do that in a lot of NHL markets, right. Where, uh, like different things like that, like to even happen in the culture where, you know, you, I, I walk around here and it's not even just the Hawks too. Like people, I see pe- people wearing things for the hurricanes. I see people wearing things for all different teams around the NHL and, and you talk to them and they're all fans. Like they, they come from different places and uh, they, they are spreading their love of hockey here. Um, I was in the store the other day and someone was watching a Carolina hurricanes game on his phone wearing a hat and, uh, I thought that was very interesting, so I took note of that. But you see so much of that around the city, too. I saw somebody wearing a Detroit Red Wings jersey just walking down the street. Not a Patrick Kane one, I might add, too. Um, just a just a regular Wings jersey. So um, the love for hockey here is strong. Uh, we're happy to have you here with us. We also, like, you know, um, we, we peaked pretty high on the charts last week uh, or this week. So uh, thanks to anybody that's listening. Uh, it means a lot to us. Um, yeah, we're trying to not like not just here. Like this show, it, it is what it is. We're we're working at it. We're we're trying to connect with some really good people and have a lot of fun conversations around not just the NHL but just hockey in general. I um you know I feel like our conversation with Robert Babiak on Monday was pretty insightful as far as just the way things kind of are as far as like a majority of people. The National Hockey League is the point oh oh one percent of hockey players, right? Um. And when you say, like, things are good or things are bad in the NHL, it's all relative, right? Like, those guys are still the best collection of hockey players in the world. But hockey stretches all the way down to uh, the grassroots level, to minor pro hockey, to junior hockey, college, all these all these different things. Division three college, like, it, European hockey is its own animal, right? Um, so we, we, we're trying to talk about all of it. We're trying to get a handle on all of it, right? And uh, we're, we're going to be making more content here soon. We're really considering bringing on a Chicago Blackhawks-specific show. I think that would be huge for the market. There's a lot of really good ones. Um, we think we could do uh, our own thing and make it really good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're doing great things with the F1 show on the gravel. Like, if you haven't checked that out already, you're really missing out. And Now's the uh, time to do it. First race is on Saturday, so we'll have a recap on Sunday. Yeah, and also if you haven't checked out the deep fade too with Zach, I mean he he's covering everything right now for us. He's covering football, he's covering basketball, he's covering baseball, and whatever else he wants to talk about too. So uh, check that out, and we're gonna bring more shows soon too. We uh, you know Sully yesterday was a nice little addition. He'll uh, be more comfortable behind the mic as time goes on, and uh, we're happy to have him like join our fray, and uh, we're gonna have some fun here too. So. Um, a lot, lot of great things to happen here going on. And uh, like I said, not a lot of NHL tonight. So it just felt it was good to to share my thoughts, not just on um, some different larger topics, but 
um, just about where we are currently and uh, the state of the hockey club here and what that means for capital H hockey in uh, this city and in this market and what what we're doing here, why we're, why we're talking to you into a microphone and uh, why we're doing these shows because sports are great, um, sports are fun, they can be a really good way to enjoy community, build up communities um, and connect with others and give others opportunities that they might not likely have had otherwise and um, whether people want to do, like we want, we're trying to encourage people who want to do sports journalism in the future um, we're going to bring on bloggers. We're going to bring on other radio talent. We're going to bring on all sorts of different stuff. So, um, give it time, give it patience. You know, it's a slow build. All good things are a slow build. Nothing really happens overnight. So, um, we appreciate anybody that's been with us and, uh, yeah, we're going to continue to do our thing. So we'll watch the hockey games tonight. We'll preview a, another busy day tomorrow. And, uh, I hope everybody had a great day. Thanks to Raven again and uh, everybody else that's a part of this here project. 